Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the show. I uh, hope you're well. Hope you're doing okay. Um, oh man, just loads of things happening at the minute. It's all like I've just my son. My son's getting married, and so that's there's all manner of stuff going on. But uh, yeah, it's all good. It's all great. Uh, we're doing. We're, we're all. We're all on the right path. It's all wonderful. Um, just before we get into it, a bit of admin. We've got some admin to do. Uh, this podcast, as you know, is being supported by those wonderful lads, Stacey and Mark, at Save Our Souls Clothing. Those good boys, ethically sourced, vegan friendly. They're just good lads doing good things, wonderful things. Um, if you go to their website, sosclothing.co.uk forward slash membrane, uh, and you use the code membrane, one word, that will give you 15% off, not just our merch, but across the store. So what's not to love about that, you know? So you, like I say, you get money off of our tees and hoodies, and you get money off of anything on there across the store. So do that for us. That's sosclothing.co.uk forward slash membrane. Use the code membrane, one word, and you get 15% off across the store. So do that for us. That would be fantastic. Big shout out to our wonderful patrons as well. Wonderful people. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on. It does not go unappreciated. Um, it's, yeah, you're, you're, you're such wonderful folks. Thank you so much. There is a couple of you that I need to speak to. Danny Phillips being one of them. Need to get you on, mate. Need to get you on and having a, having a chat. So if, if any other patrons want to do that, drop me a line. We'll have a chat with you. Do it. We'll do a record. Uh, I must do that. I must do that. I'm so unorganised. It's unbelievable. Well, I mean, you know your brain. You, know, you just go like, oh yeah, I need to do that. I need to do that. I need to. I must, and then I, write, I wrote a list the other day. I have a to-do list. And I lost the fucking list. I can't remember what bloody. I can't remember what bloody book I wrote it in. Anyway, I'll write another one. Uh, so we're here, we're good, uh, and a uh, big shout out to everyone listening. Thank you to our wonderful listeners and all the wonderful messages you've been sending in. Really appreciate it. And you know, look, I know there's been a few people that are struggling out there. You know, it's it, you're, it's your right to struggle. It's fine. Don't feel that you know. It, it, there's a weird thing where people assume that everybody else. It's not a weird thing. It's just a thing. People assume that everyone else has got it sus and everyone else is on top of everything and everyone else is like sorting their lives out and most of the time we haven't. So don't feel like you're like you're weak and don't you feel like you know like you've you've done you know like you're 
any less of a human being, you're not. You're, you're, it goes, goes to show that you're a decent human being because it's a weird old time out there. So you'd have to be a psychopath not to be affected by everything that's going on. So if you're struggling, you know, reach out. There's people there that will listen. You know, I've, there's been a couple of people that have messaged me and we've had a bit of a chat. And so feel free to do that. You know, like I say, I won't always get back to you straight away, but I will get back to you, I promise. So let's do that. You know, let's keep these conversations going so people don't feel, you know, so alone. I know it helps and I say that as someone who struggles to reach out I'm fucking rubbish at it you know because sometimes I'm like oh, I'm fine I don't need to and then suddenly someone will say you sure you're alright you don't seem yourself and then you go well actually and then suddenly they go why don't you say something you go, oh, I don't know I didn't want to trouble anybody and they're like, you're, you're the one banging on about reaching out and then you don't do it yourself you dickhead so anyway do it reach out have a chat and you know, that's, why, that's why we do this podcast is to show that we're all we're not alone um so, uh, so yeah, I think that's all the admin done. That's everything up to date, isn't it? We've got all that done. So uh, let's get on with the episode. Uh, my guest this week is the brilliant comedian Howard Anstock. I met Howard a couple of years ago. We did the Lauren Hardy Theatre in, uh, I can't remember, it's up near Kendall. Wonderful gig, run by wonderful folks. And it's really cool, like seeing all the old Lauren Hardy stuff. It's like a proper museum to their to their to, to Lauren Hardy. It's fantastic. Um, and so we had we had a brilliant gig there, and I just loved him. I think Howard's brilliant. You know, he's a proper joke writer doing proper things. And I just and I and you know we got talking. And I was like, oh, let's get you on the podcast. And then you know things happen. It's been a couple of years. And then you know, and then we, we didn't get around to it. But I saw him the uh, the other week we were in Ermston, and uh, oh, thanks to Carla uh, if you're listening. Thanks to Carla for putting on a wonderful gig. It was really nice. It was really cool. We had a really nice time, and and Howard was on, and he was brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. He's he's really funny. Um, and so uh, it's like, yeah, you know what? We should get you on. I'm rubbish. I know I've been rubbish, and uh, let's get you on. And we got him on. And it's such a great chat. Uh, and you'll hear at the beginning. I'm waffling on about what he's wearing. He's wearing one of our uh, wonderful T-shirts, one of our insane membrane T-shirts. Yeah, they are in gold. But I'm telling you now, people. Honestly, give it a go. Wear a brighter colour. Yeah, honestly. You know, I wasn't one for wearing bright colours before, but now I love it. It's, it, it, it you're, honestly, it will change you. you once you start doing it, you'll, you'll wonder why you didn't do it before. Like people are worried that people are going to look at them or judge them for wearing bright colours. And like, no, you know, you don't need to be dressed head to toe in black. You know, you're beautiful, and regardless of size or anything. Wear brighter colours. And so Howard's got his t-shirt on, and it looks banging. I'm telling you now, looks fantastic. Anyway, you'll be able to see that in this episode. But yeah, you know, you'll be able to hear him. And uh, with that in mind, let's get on with the episode, shall we? So coming up in a minute is Howard Anstock. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A podcast from producer Paul.co.uk. Insane in the membrane. Mate, look at you and your smashing merch. Hello. Yes. Not even my colour, mate, but you know. Do you know what? Like loads of people go, oh I don't know. I'm like, mate, get out there and be brave. Wear some brighter colours. You'll feel better for it. Hey, it was on uh, when I did my first gig, it was uh, I, I stuck it on under my jacket. Oh yeah. So it gave me a bit of pop, pop of colour because everything else was black, so I was like, <laughs> oh, I need some bright. Uh, it works though, mate. It just suits you. I like that. Yeah. More people That's should true. be more brave with their colours. They just people somebody I had a red shirt, I've got a red one on there. So I had a red shirt on the other day and people were going, Oh, I wish I could wear red. Just fucking wear it. Just fucking yeah. wear it. And uh, there's no big introduction by the way, Howard. It's just this. Right. It's just what we're doing. And you can swear your little head off if you want. Do whatever, you, do whatever you want to do, mate. And uh, safe product place and I've I've put a cola flavoured beverage into a glass. <laughs> is it cola or is it proper coke? Is it what is it? It is proper. Well done. Is it full fat or are we going what are we going? Oh no. Uh, mate, with the with the blood pressure I've got <laughs> <laughs> wherever I can cut out carbs, it's gotta happen. <laughs> I tell you what though, I was talking about this the other day. There's when Coke Coca Cola did that like Coke Life, like the green one. Firstly, you're like, that's come on, it's Coca-Cola, it's gonna be so I just I can't remember why I was doing it, but I was like looking at the ingredients. I thought I'll go and have a look and see where where else you can find these ingredients. Light bulbs. You can find that shit in light bulbs. <laughs> Is it? Well, well, next time the lamp goes, just stick your finger in. <laughs> Exactly, you know, yeah. Your little can of coat life will be going. <laughs> You're drinking light bulbs, mate. <laughs> oh, cheers for this. I know it was all a bit short notice. Uh, I really That's appreciate right. you coming on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I did. I forgot. I fucking. Do you know what, right? It's because I'm never, I'm always, I forget, I've lost all track of days since what's gone on. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll speak to you on Monday. And then suddenly it's Tuesday and I haven't spoken to anyone. I'm fucking rubbish. Dude, I, I haven't been ghosted by someone so much <laughs> since I quit Tinder. Honestly, I was like, oh, all right, we were best we were best mates ten minutes ago. <laughs> it's not you, it's fucking me. <laughs> There's too many things to look at. There's too many things. It's like someone the other day they went, I've been texting like proper like texting. And I went, I haven't looked at text for fucking months. And I, f- I f- just forgot at it because it's all WhatsApp and that. Yeah, you just forget, didn't you? I just uh. and then I saw, and then I went back because you said I've been messaging you for ages, and then I look back, I'm like, oh, I'm such a wanker, such a wanker. And then you go, I tried to reply, I replied to that one, and then I'm like, oh, God, I'm just just let it go, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was nice to see you last week, though. Are you been all right? Yeah, good. Yeah, uh, doing another one tonight. So yeah, whereabouts? Sunny Shropshire. Oh yeah, nice. Uh, That's uh, all right. a, a county where I did live briefly. Oh, did you? Yeah. So have you so, moved around a lot? Yeah, 
I'm originally from Nottingham, but then uh, I've lived in Lincolnshire with my mother. I went to uni in Stoke. I dated somebody in Shropshire and we lived together. I've lived in Manchester, became homeless, went back to Nottingham, came back to Manchester, lived in Cheshire briefly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's that's what that's that was the thing that I that stuck with me when you still when you when we first met and you said to me that you'd been homeless for a bit. And do you know what? I've just been talking to producer Paul about that. I was convinced for some reason over the years that I was gonna end up that way. I don't know why. I got it into my head that I was gonna end up on the street. And so I got it, I started to look for places where I could stay, like I'd build a camp. It was I don't even know why I got to that point. It was weird. And I, and yeah, I, and yeah, I was the reverse. Never thought it would no come along. It, it you know happens to other people. Well, this is it, and people right. assume that there's. They all like whenever they see anyone who's homeless, they think either they're scamming. You know, like when you see people begging for change, then they're either scamming or they're drug addicted, fucking losers. And you know that's, but you know that's not always the case, is it? I mean, you know, it's, well, I think most people get uh, people have this con like misconception that people did drugs and that's why they ended up homeless and quite yeah. often the drugs are the result of the homelessness mm. because you know when you've got nothing else going for you and you know it's horrific yeah um you know and you're vulnerable you're you know susceptible to to other people um uh, i think that's more where it comes from after yeah 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 um and it it, it does just it can just happen that's the thing you know you 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 think you're secure and stable, but it's it's amazing how rapidly, you know, in a sense, once you start knocking the foundations out, how quickly everything can just drop away from it. Yeah, I think that's what was happening. I think, I think that was what was happening with me. I felt, I felt that because of certain behaviours or certain ways I was being, just I thought I was going to just end up. Everyone was just going to get flat with me and go right, just fuck off, just just fuck off, mate. You know, and then I just end up. I was just convinced that I had such a low, a low sort of opinion of myself. It was weird. But how did you become? How did that happen to you? Like, so I I'd left uni and yeah. randomly was working. Uh, I was working for a snooker hall chain. I was assistant manager of a mm. snooker hall, and I decided I wanted to move to Manchester. So um, I moved up. Probably, I think. 2000 and 2000 2001 um and i was basically i was working there the boss i had was um said oh you can stay at mine yeah um but he was very let's just say he was quite sexually aggressive okay. towards me when not only just at, at home but also at work oh, to shit. a point where it was like just really uncomfortable so i i looked for somewhere and it was in the days of loop magazine mm. And uh, I remember this advert, and it was, you know, living, at, uh, sharing this flat, living with the owner, blah blah blah, this that, and the other. Work away during the week, so only often around at weekends. And so I was like, well, it sounds ideal to me, you know, mm. sort of get the advantage of paying off the bills, but getting the majority of the flat. Yeah. So I moved out, um, which then angered my boss even more. Right. And so it got to a thing where I was like, I just can't work here anymore and i remember walking out of there on uh, i think it was on the good friday and he'd been very aggressive so i waited till it got busy mm. and then just rang the area manager and said come and get my keys in an hour i'm going 
Wow. And then basically told them what had happened. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, when I got home, the flat was virtually empty apart from everything I owned. And there was a guy standing in there with about three other blokes. And as I walked in, he just went, who the fuck are you? So, and I just went, well, uh, uh, where's Vince? And he was like, Vince um, has moved out. He was like, he hadn't paid, he hadn't paid me any rent for months. And so, and I would basically try to explain my situation. And he just went, I'm not interested, mate. When you've got 15 minutes to pack your stuff and fuck off, all these guys will help you. And that was it. So it was like, well, what do I do? I don't really know anyone here. You know, I had the old friend, but they were living in shared houses. And at the time, I wasn't particularly close with most of my family. So my immediate thing wasn't to go, I'll contact them. Mm. And so I've I've still got it. This big pull-around black bag, it comes up to about this height. Yeah. And I just filled it with whatever, I, I don't know, whatever I thought. So just clothes. I, I even had a PlayStation 1 oh that God. I sort of stuck, stuck in there, some CDs. And I was like, I, I don't know what I'm taking. But then oh. I was literally just sort of got to the door, tried to reason with him. And they literally just pushed me out the door and just shut the door. Shit. And it turned out that the guy who said he owned the flat didn't own the flat. Ugh. He hadn't been paying any rent. So oh. I'd been paying half the rent and giving him money for bills. He hadn't been paying any of the bills, so literally none of it. And so the whole thing about him not being there during the week was because he actually had a flat in Birmingham, and uh, so he basically lived down in Birmingham. And what it turned out, what he was doing when I was out at work, was he was using the flat in Manchester to bring people up for sex. Oh, my God. So, which I didn't know about, because I used to work most weekends because I was working in snooker and so, and then that was it. So I, I, I was kind of out. So I went to a friend's house that night and he basically said, my landlord who lived on the top floor said, you can stay tonight, but yeah. not, you know, you can't stay any longer. Oh, so shit. that was it. So I had one night there and then I stayed with a friend after that for a little while, but yeah. then their landlord was like, either he pays rent or he goes. Well, I didn't have a job. Nah. So, you know, and... I talk about it a bit in my, my routine. My my benefits were immediately blocked because they suspected I was in a relationship with the person I'd put whose flat I was staying in. Oh, so then yeah, so there was no money coming yeah. through. So then I couldn't pay any, you know, you couldn't pay any money towards anything. So then in the end, it was like one evening, it was just like, sorry, mate, you've, you've got to go. Yeah. So, and that was it. And then it was just like, well, there is nowhere to go. So that, you know. Shit. And that's kind of where it, where it started. I, I had occasional times when you'd get into the odd hostel, but sometimes they'd literally just give you like a night and then they were like, you know, we've got a spare bed tonight, but we've got somebody coming in longer term tomorrow. So, you know, you can have you can have the room tonight, but you'll have to go in the morning. So... My God. And that was it. So, and it was just... I don't know. It's weird. It's one of those areas in my life now where it's like... I sort of remember bits of it, but a lot of it just feels like trauma. So a lot of it just feels quite blanked out. Mm. You know, it's like you look back to it and it's like, like I'd had a drug fueled youth where I'm like, there's, there's glimmer, glimmers of bits I remember, but yeah. a lot of it you just don't because it's just like, I, I don't know, your brain just sort of shoves it out of the way because you just don't, you know, I do talk about it in my standard routine, yeah. but equally sometimes there's some stories that pop up which, I try and make them funny in my head because I think they're an interesting story. But actually, I'm like, I, I'm not ready to laugh at that. I'm not ready to yeah. talk about that. 
you know. Um, right. So that's why not everything about homelessness is it comes into my routine because you know the, the certain bits of trauma you just you know isn't funny. No, you know, no matter how how you try to put it. Well, this is it. I mean, in that that the day that you were just sort of stood there with everything that you your your last kind of you know you can't, the things you thought you needed or things that's what you were left with and that must have been a fucking horrible day because you don't because you think that you must have thought that was it like you can't and the longer it went on the longer you think am I going to be doing this forever you know they can't did there was a, it how did you feel do you remember how you felt on that day you, you get a mixture of stuff you, uh, you I started to disengage from people because I was aware that when I went round to certain friends' house, because you'd be dragging your background with you, yeah. you'd turn up at the door, even if it was just like, you know, could I just get a shower or, you know, I just thought I'd come to see you or whatever. But I was aware that there was a change in attitude where you could sense that they were like, oh, fucking hell, is he trying to stay? Is yeah, he right, yeah. You know, and so it was like in a sense rather than just like how you'd go around to mates now and just be like you know and if you stayed eight hours and drank tea and then went home yeah. you know they wouldn't think about it there you it was very much kind of like you'd be having a cup of tea but you'd be conscious of somebody like looking at the watch and uh, just being a bit like and you're like I, I actually don't i've not asked for anything i don't uh, want anything but you know we are friends and i could do with some sort of support but then yeah 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 it's very weird how you get this kind of thing of like, I don't know, it just became really awkward. Then in the end, you're like, I'd, I'd, I'd rather not go because I don't want to feel that way. And it's making them feel awkward. Yeah. And so in the end, you're just like, well, I just won't bother. You know, I won't go. Mate. So Yeah. Um, and just- that, that's horrible. And on people on the street, I always describe it as, you know, like when you see some bellend walking down the road and they're looking at the mobile yeah. and you know they've seen you. Yeah, but they're like, well, if I keep looking at my mobile, he's got to move. You know, I I, I can just yeah. stay in my in my lane. And I, I said to my mate, I said it's basically just like everybody being on their mobile. So I'm like, they're kind of aware you're there. Yeah, but it's like, yeah. but you know, you've got to be out the way. You know, cause, yeah. And I said, and it is just that that feeling. I was like, sometimes it still makes me chuckle now when I see somebody eyeballing a mobile walking towards me and I just won't move now I just go well you should watch where you're fucking walking then mate yeah 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 you know and just uh, put it back on them so, yeah, but- yeah I had it I had it once I was looking at my I was looking at the map I couldn't remember where I was trying to get somewhere and I'm walking on going I'm like fuck's sake oh, fuck and I was like and I was a bit I was running late I'm like, ah, fucking hell, fucking hell. And then this guy, I just heard this guy go, up! <laughs> and he was there, and he was right there. And I went, ah, oh, mate, yeah, you're right, I'm really sorry, I am sorry, I was, I'm on the map, and he'd already gone, he didn't give a shit. But he just went, he just went, up! <laughs> my my, my favourite was a woman that uh, uh, did it, and, and we, we kept the Mexican standoff. <laughs> and uh, as we reached each other, she, in alarm, like sort of threw her arms up and as she turned left she literally just walked straight into Devon's window <laughs> oh. and I was just like it was just my favourite ever just watching her just face plant Debenham's window in Manchester <laughs> bong and I was just like well <laughs> obviously weren't looking at Google Maps on your phone no exactly <laughs> 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 
fucking tickled me, that's sorry. Um, <laughs> but this is the thing. It it with the, I, I remember reading uh, uh, um, George Orwell down and out in Paris and London, and he was saying. Uh, he was saying that what people don't tell you or what, or what you don't understand about when you're homeless or when you, and you don't have a job, you have nowhere to be, it's the boredom. Like, there's nothing to do. And I that, said that yeah. to you, didn't I, when we, when we discussed about the, the podcast and I went, you know, uh, I mean, when, we, when you saw me on Friday, I did that bit where, you know, hipsters think you've always got these, like, amazing stories to tell. And mm. I'm like, and you just haven't just... Yeah. Days just drag and roll on That's because right, you've yeah. done nothing. You know, you, you go to a housing office and they go, there's a list of hostels, there's a phone, ring them. And once yeah. you've done it and you've been told, no, we haven't got anywhere, mate, well, then what do you do? Yeah, and you can't go and you sit know, at a coffee it. shop, can you? You can't go and... No. And so you, you just like, you know, sort of wander around, sit around. It's just, you know, just waiting for that little chink of, of light to come where where the where the road out of it all starts yeah. but you know for some people that never comes you know no. for some people it comes earlier but i think what a lot of people don't realize is that they they think that when you're homeless you go to the council and you go i'm homeless and they find you somewhere mm. and actually after i was homeless I, I worked with the homeless and what i never knew at the time was they have what they call priority need right so you only get help off the council if you're one of these groups so okay. if you are if you've got children that are under 18, if you've got a, or pregnant, or if you've got a medical condition that's proven, so yeah. you can't just turn up and say, I've got a heart condition, you know, you've got to have a, a diagnosis. Same with mental health. If you're bipolar, you've got to have a, a letter to say it. Mm. And then the next group is people who are, who are retired. You know, right. after that, they're, they're not, you know, you're not a priority to them. So no. this image that, you walk up and somebody just helps you out was not because I, I, I was not on the priority. I was in my, you know, what was I, mid twenties. Yeah. So, you know, no diagnosed health conditions. Um, so it was just, they were just like, well, you know, yeah. It, and that was literally your, your help was there's a list of hostels, there's a phone. Mate. And that was it. And if the hostel said, oh, sorry, we're, we're full at the moment. There, there was nothing you could do. There was no waiting list, so they'd no. just say, "Find back tomorrow." So, so every every day there'd be sort of like that process of stand outside the housing office, and they got to the point where even they were just like, "Oh God, it's him again." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you'd oh, walk God. in and just buy, it, and it's like you're the local housing office. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and yet your level of empathy is like, "Oh fuck, the homeless guy." Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Well, this so, is well, this is the thing because they're you know they're. They're probably on really shitty money, so yeah. they start off with the best intentions. I imagine they're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my bit. I'm gonna change things." But then after a while, you get so ground down with bureaucracy and the bullshit from the people above you, you just get to a point like, "Fuck this! Oh, this fucking guy again!" You know, and they kind of, it, they kind of inadvertently or subconsciously download it onto you, you know, because they haven't got anywhere else to put it. You know, and it's and it's so this horrible, vicious circle that everyone's trapped I, in. I would, I, would, I would like to think that they went into this bright-eyed and full of good intention. And <laughs> Do you think I, they just I, did it? <laughs> seriously, I, I don't. I think a lot of them don't. I think it's just the job comes along. Mm. You know, it's not well paid, so they're not going to be so picky as to who they pick. 
yeah, for yeah. that job. It's not like, you know, they're a trained lawyer and, you know, they're commanding good money. So a law firm's wanting that level of skill. It's a lowly, it's a low paid job. Mm. You yeah, know, yeah, you're right. You know, when I did the job, it was literally like, do you have an empathy with people with housing problems? And I was like, yes. And then they were like, right, you start on Monday. Right, okay. You know, it was pretty much like that. There was no real sort of uh, str- strong criteria. You didn't even have to know what the the uh, policy of homelessness was. Really? You know? No, I basically learned it on the job. So, oh, you know, right. I'd, I'd have to go through to people and go, oh, I've got this guy, and they'd be like, all right, well, you know, but some of them would just be itching to be like, um, he's not a priority. It's not a priority need. Yeah. So get, get him gone. And you were like, well, surely we should, even if someone's not a priority need, surely we should show some empathy and mm. some, um, you know, give some genuine advice about what they can do. But yeah. it was just like, we haven't got time. So it was like, you know, just just send them on the way. And some of them would, the housing officers would, and I won't say which local authorities council it was for, but some of them would almost relish finding out that somebody was a priority need. So, you know, or finding out that their mum lives in Plymouth. So they were like, get them a, get them a train ticket for Plymouth and send them back there and make it Plymouth's problem. Oh he, he's God, got a yeah. connection to there. So we flew a woman back to Italy because she had family in Italy. And they what? paid for airfare for her to go back to Italy. Just so that she wouldn't be their problem anymore. Yeah, and it would be cheaper than providing the support. And I was like, we literally do that. And they were like, yep. Yeah. You know, like, you know, so um, off she goes. Um, and it was very hit and miss. I mean, there was one, uh, we had a guy come in who clearly had some serious mental health issues, you know. <laughs> He was very paranoid about, like, he, he thought all of us were doctors for a start. So okay. he was like, you're not going to section me, are you? And it was it was a really stressful day. And when I got chatting to one of the other assistants on mine, and I said which housing officer was on, and she said, um, d- don't um, just delay him until they swapped uh, between those when they swap shifts of who's on duty because he said if you do it now they'll boot him out because of who who was on and so she was like but this afternoon so and so's on and they'll deal with it differently and so i basically had to delay this lad get get him a cup of tea and whatever and wait till they swapped shifts as to who was on duty before i would then go and speak to them about him um that's that's disgusting this is the yeah. thing in it. People don't give people in these positions. I mean, I you know, yeah, I naively thought that people got into it because they give a fuck, but clearly I'm wrong. And I think, you know, to be honest, there is there is some that do. I mean, I did because I was like, I don't, I don't want to run snow crawls anymore. Yeah. And so what do I do? And I was like, well, I've got direct experience of this. Yeah. So I use it, you know, to help others. And I must admit. Uh, for a couple of years, I was known as a bit of a Rottweiler through local <laughs> councillors because if, if, if there was somebody that needed help, yeah. I, I was helping. Yeah. So, and when I moved back to Manchester, they basically, a councillor rang me up and she said, I hear you moving. And I went, yes. And she just went, well, thank fuck for that. Wow. So, you and were- I just said to my boss at the time, I said, I've, I've done my job right, haven't I? Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's why they, they didn't like it because you were doing your fucking job. 
Yeah, and, and it's just oh, it, it, it's weird. And you see those people who are like, oh, we need to look after our own before we look after anyone else. And you're like, but we don't. No. This is, so, the thing. this is the thing, like you said, like these people gobbing off. <clears throat> and then one of your mates needs, all he needs is a shower, maybe wash his clothes for him. All right, there might not be room for him to stay at your house, but you can help out. At least, you can at least say, look, come back, you know, whenever and I'm here. I'll help you as best I can. But at the same time, these are the people that are, uh, that fucking moan and, oh, we've got, we've yeah, taking care of our own. And they fucking don't. They don't. It's a dis- yeah, really, really what, sad. Man. I remember a woman walking past me, and I actually was going to ask her the time, and she just looked at me. She went, "Oh, get a fucking job!" Wow. Uh, and 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 you sort of think, well, how's that going to go? You yeah. know, like when everyone's like, "I'm finishing work for the day," and they're like, "Where are you going?" Like, just back to the park. <laughs> you know, it's like, what did she think I was going to? You yeah. know, like. There in the morning, getting ready in the pond. I don't, you know, <laughs> stop from a busy day as my, uh, my 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 new job as head of corporate services. I don't know. Cleaning your cleaning your clothes on the edge of the pond with like, two rocks bashing your yeah. shit, bashing the dirt out. Of your like, you, you guys should really come back to mine tonight, and then just sit them on a park bench and be like, home. <laughs> uh, right, let's see what's for dinner. I'm going for a bin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or just come back with a with, with a duck I've just <laughs> strangled off. <laughs> right, who's good at building fires? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's yeah. yeah. There is that. It is funny because you can. There are there are people obviously that scam it and they do. They make a fucking fortune begging for money, but you can you can you can um, you can tell. I always look at the shoes because some people I'm like, your fucking trainers are worth more than my first car. You know, that's you're taking a piss, mate. But then there's other people that you could just see that they're just broken and gone, and and they just they just they genuinely need some help, and it, you know, yeah. It's, and there's, there's a whole subculture within the within most cities where I mean, even through my my current day job. Mm. I've been to places in Manchester where there's just a, a whole world of people, yeah. you know, living below the surface, you know, really, that, are, yeah. um, you know, that have, have got so many issues and so much stuff. And, you know, and that's the thing. I think people also th- have this thing of, like, I, I suppose as a homeless person, I was very conventional, as mm. in, you know, I, I kind of had somewhere with all. I wasn't particularly street smart, yeah. you know, Um but I could think through things and stuff. But, you know, when you've got someone who's got, you know, quite impacting mental health issues or they've got a history of violence against them and different things, it's like mm. they don't they don't have a, a barrier for a, a, any more kind of, you know, abuse and failure and letdown mm. coming their way. It's just that they just don't have that, that resolve anymore. No. And uh, I just think when people seem to think that, like, the homeless are just, I don't know, they just need to pull themselves together. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Get, get, get a job and you're like, but you're not looking at all the all the things that are around that person that, you know, that has prevented them from getting into accommodation or has prevented them maintaining it when they got it. Yeah. You know, and with government cuts over years and years and years now, a lot of those services don't exist. So, of course, people drop into accommodation, bounce back out of it. And the problem is, if in this country, if you 
if you get evicted from a property that the council put you in, they then class you as making yourself, uh, I mean, I'm assuming it's still the same. This is what it was when I was um, worked more in housing was that you'd made yourself intentionally homeless. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. then they had no duty of care to then house you because you had made yourself homeless. Fuck. So you were like, so it's so, just yeah. this spinning cycle of, of, of people that never really get the proper help and interventions that they need to bring it all to an end because there just isn't. There's been attempts at it, but it's never, you know, long lasting or the funding is like, we'll fund it for two years. And it's like, but it might take eight years, 10 years to turn yeah. somebody life around, you know, or yeah. to, to, to build them to a point. But you'd often get like, well, you've got two years. So, well, and you're like, know. well, that that's fine for certain people, but not for others. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There is a, you can, it's funny. You can tell what sort of a person you are. That what when the shit really it's the fan, like with you, like you know you ended up on the street, but you didn't you didn't kind of I don't know I'm just assuming by what you've told me, you didn't just uh, you you there was still something in you that pushed you on, to go well, something will happen something will happen, but some people just have that they just go this is it and they just give up you know, don't they they just yeah. go they've got no one around them to tell them anything they've got no they just don't see any light end of the tunnel. And they just go, and they're just, that's it. They're just done, you know? And, yeah, because yeah. a, a lot of people are a lot more vulnerable. And then, you know, they sometimes get manipulated into, you know, crime and drugs and things yeah. like that. And, you know, the drug use can then fuel the crime because they're trying to feed a habit or, yeah. you know, and things like that. And then it's very difficult to pull yourself back when you're, when you're kind of in that cycle. Yeah, I think the thing for me, I, I've always been so terrified of drugs mm. that, you know, I've, I, I smoked a joint once and made me want to throw up on my own shoes. So I was like, never again. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so I, w I was never kind of ever tempted that way. No. So, um, I mean, I, I still used to smoke the odd cigarette, but uh, <laughs> I used to buy them for 20p from a garage. I used to sell them singly. <laughs> But, but yeah. only between the hours of 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. And that was because that's when no manager was on. Uh, so if there was a manager it. on, they wouldn't. So you'd see about about 5 to 11, there'd be like loads of like homeless people with like 50p in their hand milling, milling around outside the petrol station. Then as soon as the manager had gone out the back, everyone was there like was three it. fags, mate, two fags. <laughs> so it was... Uh, it's, yeah... You know, it was it was quite a quite an experience to just sort of be buying single cigarettes. And I bet it was the yeah. it was probably the highlight of your day, like something like that. We get to that point again when I was reading that book, and it was talking about you know like leaving off potatoes and and or you or you'd have enough. There'd be like a little bit of bread and a bit of cheese, and you'd make it last. And you know that it, it, we don't realise how lucky we've got it that. You know, we have choices. We can do it. We can go. We start going. Oh, I'm going to cut sugar out. I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to do that. I'm going to look after myself. When you're in that situation, whatever you can get, isn't it? Yeah. And the weird thing is, because cigarettes are an appetite suppressant, oh, it, right. it, it actually made more sense to buy a couple of cigs than it did buy, say, like buy a chocolate bar because within an hour you'd be hungry again. Oh. Whereas, like, you know, yeah. with, with, with having a cigarette, you'd quite often 
So, you know, so I, I sometimes go a couple of days by just smoking, um, you know, and obviously cigs were a lot cheaper then. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then, you know, but yeah, I mean, it took weeks before I, I ever actually got any money off the, off the um, you know, local council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. And uh, I mean, I do the joke in my in my set where she asked me to prove I was gay and and that's true and I was like I'm sat in the middle of Moss Side Job Centre being asked by some random old woman <laughs> can you prove your sexuality and I was <laughs> like well of course I can but do you really want to see it <laughs> yeah do we do that here now <laughs> yeah right what's your name mate come here I need to yeah. show, I need to show you something that, that 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 university intern you've got, he looked a, <laughs> <He'll do. laughs> he looked a bit of a ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a ridiculous thing to fucking say. And it, well, the thing was, it didn't ask you on the form, but they asked you things like what your religion was, and I'm like, well, how yeah. would that make a difference, really, as to whether you would pay someone or not? But asking sexual orientation when you're asking about relationship status and yeah. whatever to figure out what support, it was like... Surely that was a bigger, uh, a bigger thing you needed to know rather than anything else. Because I was like, technically, if I put a guy's address down and he was my partner and I'd been living in with him for years, they would have paid the money straight away. Really? Yeah. So, but it was because we were a different sex that it was like, oh, it's got to be investigated. Um, somebody's got to come around and visit and, and check the bedrooms. And I was like, for what? Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna like, sex? I don't know. A UV like, light, a UV light, shut the curtains, let's yeah. see. And, it, <laughs> and it like splatter patterns with semen. <laughs> yeah, and it was just like, but but equally, it just adds to the humiliation. Yeah, of it just sitting there having to, you know, I mean, why was it? Why was it information she needed to know? It could have been on a form. Yeah, but it, it's just. You know, immediately, like, the thing of, like, do I, do I really want to have to go through all of this with you now? Yeah. And, you know, because you, you could tell she was a, 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 an utter twat, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and it yeah. was like, you know, and she was kind of reveling in it all. And it was just like, well, yeah, I can prove it. But, you know, what, what would count as proof to you? Mm, well, actually, you're getting off on, like, sort of humiliating you a little bit. That's yeah, well, yeah. this thing of like, you know, where it's like, well, you know, you're going to have to do something to prove it. Otherwise, you know, we hang on to your money. We're going to show, so, what, show her your fucking sequined underpants or whatever stereotypical fucking yeah. sign of being gay that she associate, you know, that she would associate. What? I can't, and your sexuality is, is fucking irrelevant, isn't it? It's like, your beliefs, your sexuality, it does, none of it matters. It's like, just fucking, just look after, just help me out. I'm a person. Yeah. Doesn't matter what I believe. Doesn't matter what I'm, what, what I'm, what I am, who I am sexually. What this, and it, this is the thing in it. All the fucking world's problems. Everything just, it all comes back to money. Everything's money in it. All comes back to money. And, and now we're now we're in this situation. Now after the COVID, I've noticed that traffic wardens are now on point. They're they're really at it with their the tickets are fucking flowing fast and furious, and you know that suddenly everything's just a little bit more expensive. Everything's just a little bit, and, it, and it's all to do with fucking greed. And they couldn't just go. This is clearly a person in need. Let's help. Let's let's help. Well, again, uh, the thing that resolved it, which I know when I, I do it as part of my routine, 
you know, I, I add bits to it, and obviously there's some comic value. Mm. The way it became resolved um, after her asking me what my favourite Madonna album was, that's the thing. That, <laughs> that was that, that true? I know that's in your set. That's that, not true. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Ah. I mean, the, 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 the answer I do on my routine is a lot more long-winded than what I gave her. Um, and then in the end, she was like, oh, I'll refer this upstairs. So I'm, you know, she was like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm off on my lunch. Fucking and, hell. Uh, there was a girl on reception who said, the one that's due in, she said, is a lot nicer. Mm. So she said, so hang around. And she said, and uh, I'll... I'll, I'll pass you on. And uh, so I did, and I got chatting to... I explained the situation to this other one, and I told her about what this one had been asking. Yeah. And she was just like... She was like, if you want to raise an official complaint, she said, I'll I'll support it. Oh, wow. Um, and that member of staff shared her lunch with me. We sat out the back of Mossside Job Centre, and she gave me sandwiches and all sorts, and, oh. you know, we talked about stuff and uh it makes me a bit tearful now because i'm like that's beautiful in, in that whole time she was the only person that saw you as a human being yeah you know and um yeah and we just sat and it was just lovely it was like half an hour and then she just went i'll go and get your money and she went i'll get it sorted out and within an hour she came down and had a a, a gyra for all the money that i was owed oh, um and this and that one... night that night i stayed at a and b I had a shower, I had a bed. I was like, right. you know, it was just amazing. But um, oh, well, the was, nice yeah. thing is, you know, in my, my current job, um, no, actually, it was in my, in my previous job, um, we were doing some work with um, different job centres and I had to go for a meeting at Mossside and I was arranging it with the manager and I just said, oh, does this person, you know, I told her the story and I said, and I said her name was... You know, in fact, I'll say her name, Hyacinth, because she was just, you know, she deserves mm. a name known. And she went, she still works here, you know. And I was like, oh. no way. And honestly, mate, I took her a card, uh, some chocolates, and I went in and I recounted the story. And she was like, I remember. And I was like, and that's nearly 20 years ago. And she was like, I remember. Oh, so, mate. That's so lovely. Yeah. That, is that, so that was probably one. That was one of the nicest things to do. And as soon as I walked in, I recognised her. Yeah, I, I was like, "Yeah, there she is." And you know, like she's twenty years older now, but I was like, "Yeah, that's her." So, because people like that stick out in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially in amongst right. a sea of shit, you know. That you know, you've, you're you're at the end of your tether. You're just like, oh, just, just, I'm not. I just need, I just need looking after. I just need some help. I don't even, I don't even need looking after. I just need some help, and then get me back on track, and then I'll fucking smash it from here. I just, yeah. I, it just, you know, and all it takes is one person to go, you know, have a sandwich and a chat, and that just changed everything. What a wonderful, yeah. what a wonderful, wonderful thing. A, 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 a totally wonderful woman, honestly. Yeah. It's just, and uh, to be able to go back and just sort of go, hey, what you did that day, you know kind of wasn't in vain you know right. I, I have sorted myself out and you know and done stuff you know um were, that uh, was probably one of the nicest things i've ever done right. so you yeah, know right. and, and and just to see her her reaction because like i said it, it, i i could tell that she remembered so you yeah. know and i said because we sat at the back eating sandwiches 
And she was like, what What were the sandwiches? I went, don't remember, but they were delicious. <laughs> so. And then that night in a and b you must have felt, that, that night must have felt amazing when you were... On a, I, I don't think I've cried so hard ever, yeah. like before it or after it. So, oh, man. Um, you know, it was just, it, it was, yeah. It, it was one of those nights where it's just kind of like, you're happy, but just everything just comes out. Yeah, 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 know? of course. So you, you kind of have to... Um, but equally, it was probably one of the best nights of sleep I think I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, must even, have... now, even now, very few sleeps compared to that <laughs> one. It's funny, isn't it? Because you must have been on... Even though you didn't realise it, you must have been on got a sort of high alert kind of constantly... When you were when you were sort of sleeping rough because you don't know where you're at, you don't know what could happen to you. You know you don't get you only you, can, you can sort of like catch snippets of snatches of sleep here and there. It's not like you yeah, go to bed when the sun goes down and then wake up and then carry on with your day. No, and you know you you can go days and days with not really sleeping properly just because you know something startles you or something. Um, I don't know, you get like nagging doubts in your head where you're like, I just need to stay awake tonight. Mm. So, um, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, I'm trying to sort of re recall. I remember, I, I think the longest was probably about three days where I was just like, I don't know, nothing felt safe. Yeah. So it was just like, I'll, I'll just stay awake, you know. So, yeah. and I, th I think the not eating doesn't help. So I was literally just like, course, yeah. you know, the bits of money I'd got, I was like just caning cigarettes and, you know, and, and just basically staying awake. And then eventually I was just like, no, I, I, I have to find somewhere to sleep. <coughs> but, yeah. But I, I, it's it's horrible because your instinct, like, like say when you finish work or if something bad happens, is like that going back home and... Yeah. It, for someone, if someone turned around to you tomorrow and they just went, there, there is no going back home, mate. That's that's it. You're done. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, where where would you go? That's what I always say to people. I was like, if your house was, yeah, yeah. you know, boarded up tonight and you know you didn't know anything about it and you, as you went home, somebody went, nah, that's it. You're done. You know, it's like, well, what would you do? Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel? And that's it. And it is. It's literally like just somebody just taking every bit of security away. So I mean, when my mate said about the boredom, I said, the weird thing is, when the first lockdown happened, I said, particularly for people who were single, mm. I said, that level of boredom and inactivity, I said, is what it feels like most days. I said, the only difference is you've got to do it outside. Yeah. So, but I was like, it's literally just like doing the first lockdown again, just being outside. I think that was the uh, issue with, like you say, it was, it, we, human beings need to be needed somewhere. And we did. We weren't needed anywhere, and that's the, yeah. that's the thing. When you're homeless, you're not you're not needed. No one's. You don't have to be. Well, anywhere. Like all these people, all these people who prided themselves on careers, and then they just went, "Ah, oh, you're furloughed." Yeah. You know, because you just you aren't essential. Yeah. And you know, and that's it. It's like you know, so and I, I feel sorry for the people who lost their jobs and stuff. But you just sort of think that is kind of that feeling. You just like. You know, suddenly someone just goes, "You're not really worth anything." No. You know, you're not you're not valued because yeah. we've we've just we've let you go immediately to to save ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's so, the, yeah, and that's 
we need to be needed and to be to be thought of as yeah necessary, essential. And I think it, yeah. it, it, it's weird to sort of. I think it's just to feel as though someone recognises you have some level of value. Mm. So, and that's what that woman at the job centre did that day. She gave me a, a little bit of value back. Yeah. So, you know, and most people don't. And that's the thing when, you know, I, I, I get fed up when you see stuff on social media about people sort of like, you know, like we said about sort of like look after our own or, mm. you know, discussing homelessness. And it's like, go and experience and then come back and talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Don't, don't talk about it from a view of like, oh, my friend says they've all got four bed houses. Yeah. And it's right. like, well, they, they haven't, have they? No. You know, so it, it's just a firm believer in like, unless you experience something, it's like start keeping some of your horrendous opinions to yourself. Yeah. You know, I think that's what social media's done, you know, years ago. You know, like you wouldn't see your friend for weeks and then they would start talking. You'd be like, I fucking know why I've not seen you for weeks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but you'd cope with it for an hour because you were like, I'm not going to see you again for weeks. Yeah. But now social media's just been like, hey, I've just had a fucking horrendous thought. I'm going to share it. Oh, no. And it's just like, start keeping some of it to yourself. I used to get quite animated and would like write stuff. And now I've got to think where I do it. I type it out to get it out of my system and then I, I'll delete it. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, just delete, delete the comment. What's the point? What's the point I in know. just spewing out more nonsense into the world? It's like, yeah. you know. Rain some of it in. Well, it's, and it's, it. yeah, and it's and it's, and it's sorry, I spoke over you then. Sorry, I was uh, just going to say, it's yeah, just to realise that uh, you know, not all your opinions are, are, are wanted. No, exactly. Yeah, so. this, yeah, and all this sharing, like they share. I was just talking about this just to produce a poll. We're just saying, like, people sharing these things. You know, whatever the latest st st horrific story is. And people sharing it, like at the minute, people are talking about the the abortion law in Texas and all that. And you're like, oh yeah, I get it, but what it, what does it do? You sharing that, like, doesn't that doesn't change it? It just shows mm -hmm. you're just showing people. It's just virtue signaling at the end of the day. And you're like, you sh you know, I assume like you and I, I assume Howard, we don't know each other very well, but I assume we're on kind of the same page when it comes to that, and. You know, it, it it's and I'm, so, I'm sure most people are, are are of the same opinion when it comes to that. But you sharing it all on social media to make yourself look, I don't know. My, my favourite was a friend of mine, and we are still just friends who did lots of hashtagging. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Yeah. And then uh, there was a story about a homeless guy, and the stuff that she commented, you were like. Fuck go man. back and look at your own profile page uh, and read down all the hashtags yeah. you're like don't yeah, don't yeah. start coming out with your be kind and then you're just a complete arse yeah for the rest of the human race because it's like you know it's like so only be kind to people that you like <laughs> anything that right. benefits you be kind yeah be kind to them yeah, don't be kind to them so <laughs> don't be kind to people who need it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's pure insanity, but it's just... But the the after effects of homelessness as well do last uh, w way beyond when you get somewhere to live. I, I, oh, really? I've been single now 15... Getting on probably 16 years, 
I find it. I can't date anybody now. No, because really? I'm just like, no, because I'm like, if we get to the point where, because I've had three relationships and they were all crap. Yeah, and it always ended up in a big split up and everything being sold off and stuff. And now I've got my own house. I'm like, I can't risk somebody moving in because yeah, if it yeah, doesn't yeah. work out, I, I can't lose my home because they've somehow made a claim on it. And, you know, and it gets so complicated in my head that I'm just like, it's just easier to to say I don't want a relationship and and just put that fence there because yeah. then it, it it's it's easier rather than risking that because in my head I'll be like you can't go back there again that can't happen again right so you know um, so now when I'm sort of anything like that when it comes to dating I'm I'm, I'm a big self sabotager oh right I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll meet somebody that seems lovely and I'll just be like oh no he's got a, he's got a pet lizard. Can't be doing, you know, <laughs> any kind of reason why why I'm out of there. Have you spoken to anyone about it? Have you? Did you have to have like any sort of counselling and stuff after? Have you no, just, I, just... I have had counselling, but counselling never really worked for me, right? Because it was always like it wasn't. It was never about what happened. It was always about where you are now and dealing with the now. Yeah. And I'm like, but there's so much more I need to deal with. Yeah. Um. And I did see a psychiatrist for a bit. You know, I asked the uh, the NHS it, uh, about it, and it took years before I finally saw one. And yeah. then she got a diary mix-up on our third appointment, didn't attend it, and then cancelled me, saying that I hadn't turned up for my appointment. What? So I, I got two sessions. And uh, the weird thing was, it was like, you've coaxed all the trauma out, I've put yeah, that out yeah. into the ether, and then there was no sort of like, how do we deal with that? You know, and address it. So I'm like, they walk around all these open boxes full of fucking. Yeah, and I'm like, well done, cheers for that. Oh mate. So, um, but uh, so I think, I, I think naturally, in a in a way, stand up did become my therapy. And I, I know it's it's trite. People say it. You know, it's like, um, you know. But I do remember talking to a counsellor, and I, I'd have wanted to be a stand up comedian since probably being a kid mm. you know I, I used to watch victoria ward whose line is it anyway yeah and right. anything and everything you know even my mum said she said you never really used to watch anything apart from comedy you were never interested so i'd be like you know blackadder even though i didn't fully understand it all yeah you know because you, you you're little i always remember just thinking it's funny um and it, it, yeah and and when i was talking to this counselor about that and he went the weird thing is, he said, you, he said, you come from a family that don't really pay much attention to you. So he said, so, you know, when you talk, they're probably very much like, yeah, yeah, you know. And I went, yeah, totally. I said, I've always had that kind of like, yeah. <laughs> being, being the youngest kid in the family, it was just a bit like, oh, what, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and he said, well, you know, he said, if you do stand up, he said, then people are paying for you to talk at them. <laughs> and I went, well, that's it, isn't it? That's and it, so yeah. he said, and, and he said that, you know, he said that's why he said there are a lot of people who do stand-up, he said, who have got more baggage than probably many people. And I was like, <laughs> I, I think it's true. It is true. It is true. My stuff's honest as well. I'm being... And I got, I got told that I was... Someone said I was blisteringly honest or something or painfully honest or something like that. I think, have you had the same thing? 
about your stuff? Uh, I had somebody come up to me and say, don't take the piss out of the homeless, it's disgusting. Fucking hell. And I, and I was like, uh, I was talking about my, my own experience and she was like, well, enough. And it was just like, what? That, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very odd. Clearly you've t- um, you touched a nerve there with her. Yeah, yeah, she was probably that woman that walked past me and told me to get a fucking job. <laughs> so, she's got, she's got Debenhams <laughs> on her forehead. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Mate. yeah, uh, I, I think some people have sort of said I have a, a bit of a Victoria Wood edge, and I think I try to say stuff that's probably a, a bit controversial and a bit... It, it's stuff that, like, my... The rampant uh, rebel in me that wants to, you know, burn the world down and start again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, wants to say these things, but part of me is just like, yeah, but you don't want to be that guy, you know. So I'm like, so I try and say things, but put them in a nice way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But they say that when you get older, you get more conservative, and I'm like, it's weird. I've gone more the opposite. Yeah, same. I'm like, I think I, I think I was more repressed when I was younger. Now I'm just like, nah, come on, let's turn Buckingham Palace into a fucking water park. It's just, <laughs> I'm the same. Yeah, it, I've been too busy. This is I've been having counselling, counselling, counselling last couple of weeks, and I and what's come out of it is that too many people have been trying to keep me down and put me in my place and not let me be me. For some reason, they don't like, they don't want me to be myself. And I've kind of, I've because of my, you know, being a bit insecure, I've kind of gone, oh, they must be right. And now it's all come out going, no, they, they, they didn't want to push themselves, so they've tried to stop me from pushing myself. So now I'm all of a sudden I've got this burst of like, oh, go fuck yourself, fuck you, yeah. fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Let's turn Buckingham Palace into a water park. <laughs> Yeah, in it. The Queen can sell yeah. fucking ice creams. You know, we don't have to get rid of her. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll keep them. You Obviously, uh, uh, won't be letting Andrew in. But I've just seen a thing about him. He reckoned he's. They said he was planning on a on a comeback. You know, like what, yeah, manager of Pizza Express. <laughs> <laughs> Your server today will be Andrew. Keep thirty feet away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep his thumbs out of the pizza. So. But uh, yeah, it's weird. But yeah. I'm the same as you. But my problem is my self-talk is the thing that holds me back on comedy. No matter what gig I do, even if it's great, I walk off and my brain's just like, "You didn't say that quite right." You know, that was happened. Yeah, that's happened. That, 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 that one guy, that one guy at the front wasn't laughing. Well, that's the same. Yeah, yeah all com- all comedians do that. It, it, I've yeah, I had one bloke at a Wickham Festival actually say out loud. He kind of pulled a face, and I went, "What's from you?" And he goes, "You're just." He goes, "You're just shit, mate." Everyone else is having a great time, and he goes, "You're just shit." I went, "Well, I'm not, am I?" I said, "Everyone else is having a laugh." He went, "No." Nah. He goes, I don't, "He goes, I don't care." He goes, "You're fucking shit." And then these people that with him, oh, just ignore him. He's always like this. I'm like, what's wrong with you, mate? And he went, well, you're just fucking shit, mate. I was like, and everyone else had a good time. And I came away from that going, oh, maybe I'm shit. This one fucking asshole. And it's the same, like, we all do it. And it's funny because the gig on Friday that we did in Ermston, and and yeah, you had a great time. You had a lovely time. And then you came up and you were sat in the back room going, yeah, but I I should have said this bit and I missed this bit. And I'm like, you just had a good time. It's easy. That's right. 
I'm, I'm the worst person to be in a green room with, honestly. <laughs> Beforehand, you have to cope with my meltdown of just like, what if, what if this, this happened? And then afterwards, it's a post-match analysis where uh, my, my brain's just trying to, to work out. Before lockdown, I'd actually finally got to uh, extinguish that. I did a couple of really corking gigs, and I knew I'd done well. And yeah. I came off, and inside I was just like, okay, you're starting to do this now. And then lo and behold, you know, yeah. somebody, I don't know, ate a bat or whatever happened and that was it. And I was like, oh, you could have waited. <laughs> you know, you could have waited till I'd done live at the Apollo. That's it, yeah, yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> and, so, then had your, and then had your bat. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm kind of hoping that I can get back to that point again where um, I, 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 I have some level of self-belief. But I do think a lot of it is rooted back to to that era. So, because I, I don't think I don't think I was ever so insecure before. I was always a bit on the shy side. Mm. But I, I think after that, I, I like to think that I'm a lot more together. But then there are moments where I'm like, "Whoa, dial it back." Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's just like the, the the crazy really comes out. And do you think that's the so, the fear of going back going back to where you were? You think that's that's sort of like in the background, sort of creeping around? Yeah, I think I have this fear of losing stuff again. So I think mm. with comedy, I want to do as best I can, but my, then I start thinking, but if you get too high, it's a lot further to fall. Right. You know, and like, same with like opening my own house. It's like, now I'm just like... Yeah, I could meet somebody, but then, oh, if they want to... Uh, and I'm years ahead of myself, I'm like, you know, but then if they want to move in and whatever and it doesn't work out and then we have to sell the house because they've bought into it and mm. blah, blah, and I wouldn't have enough to buy something else. And it's like that literally goes on and I'm like, Christ almighty, they've literally just said hello to you on Tinder, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I've already been like, and his mum will fucking hate me anyway and it's just... And you've already talked you yourself know, out of it. Yeah, yeah before you know before i get anywhere so i get asked out on occasional dates and then I, i'm just like I, i'm a bugger for just being like yeah 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 and then i'm inside i'm just like you know you're not going to do it so then in the end right. i'll just find I, i'm never one of those where i'll just vanish off but no. i do then just come out with really lame excuses as to why that can't happen and right. that's because they don't know that in the 10 minutes we were talking i've already run our relationship <laughs> through through uh, through the internal processor, worked out where it's going and all that. And, You're already uh, packing your bags, getting ready to yeah. leave before you've even gone out for a cup of coffee. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Mate, you got to strike. you got to stop catastrophizing. I know that's easier said than done, but... You know, you're a beautiful man and you should, you should, you know, you're not saying that a relationship will make you happy, but you should be able to go out there and have some fun with people. You know, you deserve that much. Yeah. You know? uh, I have, you know, I have great friends and, you know, and people I like hanging out with. But like I said, uh, the, the relationship side of it, I'm just, like I said, that, that definitely still does hinge back to... Mm. You know the homeless time because, like I said, I'm just like I, I'm I'm not prepared to, you know, ever be in that situation again. Of course. So and it, it, it's it's such a a, a, a mark mm. that's that's left on you uh, on your subconscious that it's just like there are certain things that if they go near that mark it triggers yeah, and I'm just right. like no, you know. Yeah. 
I'm not surprised. Um, I'm not surprised. I think it's my biggest fear that being being homeless and not being and being alone. I think it's awful. Yeah. Wasn't your mum homeless as well at the same time? Didn't you tell me that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so she must, sold her house. Like, yeah. Um, and she was basically sleeping in a car. So, um, and she she lived in a shared house with somebody because it was all a bit. It was a very weird time. Mm. But. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, it's horrible to kind of think that she was ever in that situation. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, sorry for bringing it up. Sorry, mate. I, no, I it's just it, yeah. she. She was in a, a bad situation. She had sold a house, hadn't found anywhere to go to, and couldn't really afford anywhere, um, and stuff like that. So then, rented a room in a house with somebody. But you know, this is a woman in her fifties. You know, yeah. they were never gonna become like housemates and stuff and it just became unbearable for her so yeah so the time i was going through mine she was going through something similar herself oh my god oh mate i'm sorry no it's all right it's one of those things isn't it but you know we both got through it you know my mum's fine she's heading on for 76 years of age now so amazing you know she's uh she's still going she's got you know got her own little place again oh lovely lovely um and that's the thing. Sometimes people sort of, you know, do ask you about it. And I just sort of say, at the end of the day, though, it is, it is just life. You know, some we all get stuff that's awful and good. Yeah. You know, some people get more awful than more good. But yeah. at the end of the day, it can never always be horrific. No. You know, um, not when you live in a country that has so many opportunities as this. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Other people around the world, it is horrific all the time. You know, so you just sort of think, well, you know, you, you can't look at that and then just be like, oh, it's been so terrible for me because it's like, on what scale? Yeah. You know, it, it's like uh, I, I was homeless in one of the richest countries in the world. So eventually something's going to give for you. Yeah. You know, um, so and that's it. I've just, you know, now, like I said, there's, there's certain things now that I look back on that I just find amusing. Um I mean, the story I talk about, uh, you, you heard on Friday, the woman in the park. I was going to ask true. you, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that I, story. I know, I know her name, but I'm not, I, no, I wouldn't no, say no. her name. But, uh, um, yeah, so, yeah, just laid in the park. And literally, it was just I'd got a copy of the Manchester Evening News and just thought, oh, I'll try and find a job, something to try and break the cycle, because I was just like, it's very difficult. Do you get the job first or the home first? But you can't get a home unless you've got a job. It was, oh, yeah, so you're in that yeah, sort of yeah. two and a throwing. And like I said, and then I just heard that, ooh. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I, I don't know anybody. So I'm like, so it's definitely not on me. But then when I look, she's literally just like yeah. waving across. And I was yeah. like, oh, God. So I, I, I didn't really reply, but she starts running towards me. But... Uh, you know, and, and not fat shame, she was a big woman, so it was mm. taking a long time. Oh, bless her. And, you know, it was just getting, like, awkward where I was kind of like... Stood there waiting. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, this better be fucking good, because this has been, like, the the, the biggest build-up. This has been, like, waiting for the, the final episode of Game of Thrones. It's just like, come on. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you start thinking, do I... Should I just run towards this stranger, you know, yeah. just to bring this to a conclusion a bit sooner? And uh, no, she just rugby tackled me to the floor and was like, "Are you uh, looking for business, darling?" Wow! And I was like, 
no, looking <laughs> looking for a job actually. And then it's just like the way she said, I went, oh, is it because you're a bit skint? And I was like, no, it's because I'm very homosexual. <laughs> and she's just like, literally, to, for, for the inability she had to run, she had the, the agility of a gymnast to just spring <laughs> off me. And it was just, it just makes me chuckle because I remember seeing how breathless and slow she was at getting across that field. And yeah, as soon as that, it was like, waste of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did you and become... If I, see, if I ever used to see her around, yeah. Um, if any of the other, um, you know, street workers would look to approach, she'd always be like, uh, batty man, and pull them back. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, not this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I, I find that term quite offensive, but thank you for... <laughs> Yeah. Stopping me having to tell everybody on the street. <laughs> well, could you use a different term? Yeah. <laughs> so Howard, uh, just say Howard, he's not for sale. Yeah. He's not up for but it. Then we, we, we just came, we, we kind of did not really become friends. We just used to talk sometimes. And then obviously she found out about me being homeless. And then yeah. she did offer me a place to stay because she, she had a, you know, a home. It's just that's how she you know made a living yeah um but yeah but it was just when she said about the fact that she picks them up on the street but they go back to hers and i was like well you know might be a bit awkward you know just yeah sat there trying to watch john craven's news round or something <laughs> I don't, don't know what's on kids tv these years <laughs> yeah. Yeah. trying to watch that and then there's just some guy sat there in a gimp suit in the lounge it was just like, waiting to go in yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said. I had, that, I had that PS1. I was like, I could, could put that on. I could have a few games of FIFA with somebody. You know, just <laughs> yeah. start, little... start, start a league. <laughs> yeah, these, right, with the regulars. <laughs> yeah. See you next week, Gary. Yeah. Portugal. Cheers, final. Well done, son. <laughs> oh, Howard. I'm so pleased we did this, finally. I know we talked about it for ages, and I'm fucking useless. But we had you on, and I'm so pleased. And I'm really, really glad that I met you, and I'm really glad that you are you're where you are now. No, you're, it's been awesome, mate. And uh, a lovely guy. You know, it, 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 it's been great to, you know, to see you at gigs and spend time with you, because one of the biggest compliments was... Uh, the fact that when we when we did the Laurel and Hardy one, mm. I, I didn't think that for a minute, A, that you would have watched, because a lot of people, when they go to gigs, don't watch other acts, you know, no. they don't. And uh, the fact that you'd even a year later have remembered a couple, you know, one or two lines of what I'd said no. was a massive compliment to me. So, you know, because I, I was just, I was kind of gobsmacked when our mutual friend. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh, lovely Carla, Carla basically yeah. was like, yeah, Rich remembers some of your stuff. And I was like, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. You, you, you really struck a chord with me. And like I said to you, like, proper jokes, man. Like, proper solid writing. and Because that's what I admire is that, because mine's, you know, I just talk and it, I, I admire someone that can actually sit and write proper stuff you know and it, it really it resonated and i liked it and i and then getting to know you and i just think i'm just really it, there's you get to meet all manner of people in this world and especially in comedy and and you know and to meet someone with such who's been through so much to then get to where you are now i find that so impressive and i think i think you're fucking great and that's why i was really pleased to have you on and have a chat you know? Well, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure coming on. It's been lovely, mate. So, 
It's been lovely. Do you... I mean, I've, I've skived the afternoon off work, so <laughs> I've spent it to what looks like you're in the back room of somewhere in the Death Star, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, This is like a working class, yeah, like a working class version of Star Wars. They're like egg boxes and that yeah no it's good it's actually i mean that, I mean, that big mic there just looks like i don't know like the inner workings of like boba fett like just <laughs> this is what it looks like without his helmet on like <laughs> just a withered old cunt um howard where can we find you on on the socials mate uh pretty much just on instagram and facebook uh, I used to use Twitter, but it was far too angry for, an angry for, my, for my delicate soul yeah i know i get so, that mate yeah um but uh, yeah, so Instagram or Facebook, I, I don't go under some random name. So if, yeah. if anyone wants to follow me and find out about the the horrendously boring stuff I do nowadays, <laughs> that's the thing. The flip coin. Once, once you've lived that kind of life, everything's just boring. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank fuck for that. Yeah, a cup of tea and a, a radio yeah. time. Circle the programs I'm going to watch. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> I, I realised I'd got old one night when I was driving back from hot water in Liverpool. It was a Sunday night in the summer, so it was still quite warm and, you know, twilight. And uh, I switched from Radio 1 to Radio 2 and listened to a load of jazz on the way home. <laughs> I was like, oh, what's uh, happened to you? This is what happens, mate. It just creeps up on you. It just creeps so you up on you. used to go clubbing you. four nights a week and now you've found sublime pleasure driving a Suzuki Swift down the M56. <laughs> <laughs> and the word pleasure and the M56. Those are two yeah. words. Those are two words you never thought you'd say. They're two things you'd never put together. It's no, this is no, the, it's, it's that that's the thing with comedy. People don't realise that it's yes, it's fun and it's a privilege and that. But then you've got you've fucking hours of travel, you know. Yeah, isn't it? My, my yeah. longest so far was five hours one way and five hours back. Jesus, uh, to South Wales, and that uh, that just felt ridiculous. Yeah, to do. Although the group, the, the gig was cracking, but you just sort of think it's insanity to spend yeah. ten hours travelling. Well, that's what I did with Laura and Hardy. I think I was like seven, seven or eight hours to get there. It took me all day to get there, and it was lovely. I'm glad I did it, and I had a nice time with the chaps and you, and meeting you, and had a nice time, and then stopping over. But yeah, it's fucking like this country isn't eight hours long. Yeah, that, that's one. That's what always gets me. It's like it's not that big. How does it take that long? <laughs> so, I, I say I've seen my mate, and it's like Oxfordshire, and I'm like, I, I look at the thing, and I'm, like, and he's like, oh, in his head, he's like, it's like an hour away, in it. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Dude, it'll be like all morning. All morning. There, so. Yeah. You either leave yeah. early and wait at the other end, or you leave late and then you're stuck in traffic. <laughs> so yeah, you're gonna have one to wait day, somewhere. Yeah. One day at uh, Google Maps, I was driving there. Google Maps just kept updating oh, no. so much that in the end, I, when I set off, it was something like three hours 20. And then it kept like counting up because the traffic was building, there was different things. And my mate rang me and he went, I went, well, it says three minutes 46, uh, three hours 46. I went, I've gone back in fucking time. <laughs> I was like, I've, I've driven through Homefirth, yeah. uh, home of Last of the Summer Wine, and, I, and I've, I've gone back an hour. <laughs> the magical town. You're driving forward in this country, and it's like, you, I was like, what even driving that fast? I can't be beating time, can I? Uh, oh, it's, this, is, this is what people don't realise about this 
about this job, man. All that sort of thing. Um, but this has been lovely, Howard. Thanks, mate. Good luck, man. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.